choose you. Be cool, baby. Okay. Hey, bitch, come here. Got your motherfucking man. Come here. Mr. Pretty Tony, I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. Now, we can settle this like you got some class, so we can get into some gangster shit. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to 100, nigga, real quick. Hey, guys. So, apologies. Um... I had some technical difficulties on Thursday, so piecing this together, I have to basically re-record, I couldn't salvage it, so you'll hear me referring to a video, that's kind of what part of what the technical difficulties was, so no video, knocked all my shit offline, I don't really know what happened, but um, anyway, here, here we go, sorry for the delay. Alright y'all, yo, what's up, I told y'all a little while back that I was gonna, um, Every now and then, like, record an episode and put it on YouTube. So, today is the day. I feel good. I'm not super tired. Um, I ain't have to change my clothes because I fucked that job and I actually wear whatever to work now. Um, so, here we go. It's a little rough, but whatever. N- niggas hitting me up in my, um, from my videos talking about my curtains too long. I know my curtains are too long. I gotta go get them hemmed. It's, it's, look, I be busy. It's a lot of time to go take fucking curtains and getting them hung. I, I, I'm aware. They need about a foot off. It, it took me years to even get curtains. So y'all just, you know, whatever. Alright, so, let's get started. This is episode 223. Thanks for asking Kells Podcast. I'm Kells at KMGZ on Twitter. Um, so I'm telling y'all right now, this gonna be a, a real like heavy homo uh, episode. A lot of gay Topics and discussions, so if you don't want to hear all that, y'all can just skip it, but I'm just like, I got things I need to say, been a lot of events that have occurred, and so that's what this episode is primarily going to be about, because, you know, people, been peopling. Um, alright, so let's get started. First, um, yours in negritude, if you're not on Twitter, you might not know what I'm talking about, but there's a video that went around on, on Twitter earlier this week of a um, high school class, um, a young man, a, a young gay man named named Jordan. Um, well, appears to be gay. I, I'm calling him gay. Like we, I, he's young, young, young white Caucasian gentleman in his class, and um, some other young white Caucasian gentleman in the same class. As her is harassing him and calls him a faggot and uh, probably has been harassing him for some time and calling him a faggot from time, judging by this interaction, because Jordan um, had had enough and was fed the fuck up, and Jordan slapped that young man off his feet in the middle of the classroom. It was filmed um, with a good, I mean, a solid slap. He swung again. He missed on the second swing, but that's okay. His timing was just a little off. But he caught him on that first swing, and he told him, you call me a fucking faggot again, I'm going to pop your ass. That's a direct quote. Jordan was not playing. Jordan was fed up. Um, this little other little uh, high school kid, apparently, you know, that first slap wasn't enough for him to back off. So he just kept coming toward Jordan, and um, Jordan uh, let him have those hands. And, you know, good for Jordan. Good for you. Look, I don't have no kids. I grew up at a different time. We fought on the, on the playgrounds and all of that. And I know the rules are different now. But I keep saying we didn't have all these school shootings and all this 
all these issues because we fought and got our stuff out. And I just think this zero tolerance is 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 a big part of the problem. I think kids need to be able to fight and get their stuff out and settle it. It's a part of growing up. And um, you know, I just I just know if I had children, I would tell them like, look. Same thing my parents told me. You don't start no fights. You don't start no shit. But you ain't no punk. And you don't let you finish anything that started. You don't let nobody punk you. And I'll come up to the school and worry about the teachers and the laws later. And I just think we need to get back to that. But young Jordan was not having it. And um, if you you know, if you know, on Twitter, you saw it. But if you not, I don't know. Maybe it'll be on Facebook a couple months from now. Maybe you'll see it. But um, yours and negritude to him. All right. So I got my list over here. Let's keep, let's get, let's go. What do I want to talk about first? Okay. I know what I want to talk about first. So, if y'all follow me on Instagram, which y'all should, Genghis Kells, not a lot of you do. I got way more Twitter followers than Instagram followers. I don't know, because I think I'm a fly nigga, so I don't, I don't know what's up. Um, but anyway, follow, if you follow me on there, and I think I actually may have posted on Twitter. A couple weeks ago, I told y'all about the petty bitch that was complaining about saying I'm watching videos on my phone and all of this bullshit. Well, guess what? Shorty got laid off yesterday. Shorty got fired yesterday. And, um, you know, since then, um, things have been in flux. But a lot of us, you know, been talking. And it's like, it was a long time coming because of several reasons. Number one, being shit like that. Worrying about people being on their phone. Nobody liked her. She, You know, the system she set up, this wild, inefficient. I, I don't need to get into it, but... You know, sometimes God comes through and her ass got fired. And when the announcement was made, I, you know, I, I, <laughs> it was hard for me to keep my face straight. You know, it was announced with all this, you know, but nobody really missed her. Nobody liked her. I had heard about her before I got there. Um, and I didn't tell you this before, but we had a meeting. One of the guys from um, UK came last week. And he had a meeting. First, he had a meeting with the team leads, and then he had a meeting with all of us. And you know, he asked us, you know, what we thought, and we let him have it because the, the job that I'm at, a lot of us um, come from other places. You know, I me, mean, I come from consulting. I just have a big background. Like a lot of people come from different places and have a lot of experience and a lot of background. And so we see, you know, state of the art and like what's you know top of the line in other places and what you know other places are. And this place I work at now is like none of that. They should. They are super low speed, super manual. They are not up to anything. And so we just all were saying, like, yo, this is, you know, this is wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. We make suggestions. And I just, at the time, as soon as we started talking, dude was like, I agree with you. And then he told us his background that he had started a hedge fund. As soon as he said that, I was like, okay, that guy's high speed. That guy's, you know, because I've worked at hedge funds, that guy's high speed. And I just had a feeling when he was going through all of that, that something was going to come of that. I, in my wildest dreams, I was like, she's going to get fired. But I didn't really think she was going to get fired. I thought maybe some of the VPs might get fired. But she actually got fired. And now, um, you know, speaking to a, a, a lot of, you know, each other through the day, I was saying, I think that was actually the capstone. I think they already had that feeling about her because she's not popular. Nobody else likes her. If you ever come on the floor, it'd be, you would think you was in like a jail cell or something. Like, there's, it's, it's just not terrible leadership just horrible so I just feel like that meeting just solidified for him what he was already thinking anyway and so then she was let go and they let her go on a Tuesday after a holiday 
bitch ass. Next time, next job you go to, stop worrying about petty shit like who's at lunch and who's taking breaks and who's on their phone and start designing a program that works the way you need it to work and, and, and it's, it's agile and, and up to date. I just had to tell y'all that because I love when karma comes around. It's very rare, but it does come. Um, real quick, um, also if you follow me on Genghis Khan on Twitter, I did a review of Dr. Sleep. It didn't do that well of a weekend. I thought it was a great movie. I think a lot of people just are not familiar with the source material. It was the sequel to The, Sta- uh, to the Shining. And um, it was a very good sequel to The Shining. If you read the book, it stuck closely to the book. Um, if you know the story of The Shining, Dr. Sleep is Danny is grown up now. And he founds an- another girl that's even more powerful than him. Danny pretty, was pretty powerful himself. But he finds another girl that's powerful than him. And I don't know what people were expecting. You know... Stephen King is not he's a horror writer but he's not like a scary like I don't know I think it got people thinking that it's one way but it's the other Stephen King is a is a writer a lot of his stories are scary not all but a lot but he's not a um he's like he writes in the horror genre but he's actually he's actually a really legit uh author and he tells really great stories and that's the thing you got to understand about Stephen King. If you go into a movie thinking you're going to be scared to death or, you know, jumping like it's um, The Conjuring or something like that, that's not what that's not what Stephen King does. That's not his... He, he's he's an author. He writes about life. And um, all kind of like... I didn't even realize until I got older how um, profound some of the shit he writes is. Um, but I thought Dr. Sleep was good. Uh, I think people just... I don't know. There have been a lot of movies that haven't done well. I, I personally, my personal opinion is, with all the streaming and Netflix, I think the message that people should take from that is that people want an alternative to going to the theater because the theater is very expensive. And I just think that a lot of these movies, you know, are released in the theater. And people are just going to wait, you know, unless it's like a Star Wars where you just really need to see it on the IMAX or, a, um, you know, these comics movies that y'all really just need to see on the big screen. I think people are just going to wait because, you know, you can watch that shit on your big screen at home. And, like, it's, it's just I'll wait for it to come on, on, on you know, streaming or Prime or whatever. That's what I personally think. Like, I, I don't think a lot of these movies were bad. Like, Men in Black, I, th- yeah, I said I think that was a Men in Black movie. I thought it was pretty decent. But, you know, I actually don't think it came out at a good time. Um, you know, Men in Black, those type of movies. It should have came out on Memorial Day weekend or July 4th weekend. It came out on, like, some random weekend in June. And I just feel like people not looking for movies, at, you know, at a certain time. Anyway, didn't mean to talk about that that long. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, I'm still watching Watchmen. I still don't understand the first thing that's going on about it, but I like it. Like, that's a testament to how good the show is. Because usually if I can't follow the plot or if I don't know what the fuck is going on, I, I, I lose interest. But it's it's shot so well. The performances are great. Um, Gene Smart, if you don't, that's Charlene from Designing Women is on it. Regina King um, and some Japanese lady is on it now. Um, it's, it's just really, it's a really good uh, show. I, it, it's supposedly, it follows, sorry, I didn't check. Supposedly it follows um, the comic books. Which I know nothing about. I ain't reading it. Never know nothing about. Saw the movie. Didn't like it. Whatever though. My point is. It's such a good show. That I'm continuing to watch it. Having no idea what the fuck is going on. But I just watch it to see the fight scenes. See Regina King is really good. To see the um. The the performances are really good. The, the um. The shit they come up with is crazy. You know. It's a good show. So. 
if you you know want to watch it until watch something until Westworld comes back, it's it's decent. But I really can't tell you what it's about. That's one of these comic book nerd niggas that could probably tell you better. Um, um, I don't really want to talk about that. Um, so this is the the bulk. Hold on, let me get my um. I found out that um, tequila is good for high blood pressure. So, I moved off vodka and I'm on tequila now. I mean, I still drink vodka, but this is good for you. Um, so, what I really wanted to talk about is Robin Crawford, Whitney's longtime um, assistant, confidant, best friend, and I want to say rumored love interest, but I feel like it's not a rumor. I'm, well, I guess it was long rumored. That's true. It was a long rumored love interest. Has finally written a written a book about uh, her and Whitney's called My Life with Whitney Houston. And, and listen, all kind of people have problems with this, which I don't understand. Oh, why now? Oh, she needs the money. Why she dragging through the grud? Let Whitney rest. Y'all are full of shit, and gays, y'all really full of shit. And I'm going to get on y'all in a minute, but let me just say generally, first thing I want to say, if you are a fan of Whitney Houston, if you loved Whitney Houston like I did, if you just appreciate her, if you just don't, do not like the way she has been maligned and slandered and drawn through the mud since she died, you should, you should get and read this book. This book is out fucking standing it is a great book it i wish i hope that this bush book can get optioned for like a movie or, or a series or something because this is the biography of whitney houston that we have all been wanting to see that we haven't got the lifetime shit was some bullshit the bobby brown shit was some bullshit this is the story of whitney houston this book is so you can tell it was written by somebody who has nothing to gain, uh, no reason to lie, and who really loved and cared for Whitney and, and cared about her legacy and, and, and how she is remembered and, and to make sure that people knew who she was. And that's what this book is. I'm on chapter, I have the audio book because, you know, I... I do audiobooks now because I just ain't got time to be reading. I got, I'm in school, I'm studying for a bunch of shit that I got to read. You know, I, I can listen to it at work. So I've got the audiobook. And I'm on chapter, I think 12 or 13 now. I'm not sure how many chapters it is, but it's, 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 it goes. Um, it is so good. It starts from when it's, it's really, so this is what I want to, I'll get into it. But like, let me just say this first and then I'll get into the issues. It's, the thing is called, the book is called My Life with Whitney Houston, and it's an apt title because it's really Robin's story about her life with Whitney Houston. That's what it's about. It is not, it's, it's about Whitney, but it, it's like, you know, like if you, like say you, you, you died and your mother or your brother or somebody that was very, very, very close to you told a story of your life. You and them together, and, and y'all were together all the time. It's like that. So it's a bi it's it's a biography of Whitney told through Robin. But they were so close, and, and their lives were so intertwined that 
You know, it's kind of her story too. It's not just about Whitney. It's it's her story. She it starts with how she met Whitney. It tells about her family. Her mother died from AIDS. Her brother, I don't know if he died yet. He has HIV. I, I, I'm I'm not on the chapter yet. I don't know. I haven't gotten far enough to where he died yet. But his, her mother died from AIDS, which I did not know. They don't know how she got it. She never told them how she got it. Her brother was um gay, got HIV. Um, but her mother died of full blown AIDS. Um. Her father um, was abusive, so they used to live in they, they lived, used to live in California. But her father was abusive, so her mother left and moved them back to Jersey. Um, and, you know, and her that's a lot of people kind of know their story. They they met at a like summer jobs program in South Orange, New Jersey, or no East Orange, New Jersey. Yeah, they're from Whitney is originally from Newark, but she moved to. Orange. I don't really know how Jersey works. I know there's a North Orange, uh, South Orange. I don't really know. One of the oranges. That's, they met in South Orange, though. And, um, or maybe it was Newark. I can't remember. But anyway, that's how they met. And she just goes through from before Whitney was famous all the way. I haven't, I'm on where I'm at. The chapter I'm at now is they're about to go on the bodyguard world tour. So she's already, she's, I'm up to the bodyguard. And the pacing is really nice. The pacing is great. Um, so that's what I'm up to now. But it's it's a great story. And to all you people, first of all, like I just said, Robin Crawford has stayed silent for years. Whitney has been dead for years now. And in that time, Sissy done wrote a book that looked best for Sissy. Bobby done told that lot done told so many fucking lies and made that horrible Bobby Brown story, which was a bunch of bullshit. Okay? Bunch of lies that Anybody with common sense who was there knows that it was lies. Um, you know, Bobby has taken it. Look, when it first started, the rumor was that Bobby got Whitney on drugs. We know that that wasn't the case. Whitney was doing drugs before. And since then, niggas have just decided that everything that Bobby Brown says is legit. And he's a good guy. And he was, you know, he wasn't responsible for Whitney's downfall, blah, blah, blah. And perhaps he was not responsible for her downfall because, you know, ultimately, you have to save yourself but like I always say, he didn't help her one bit. He didn't let you know he an anchor. It was he was an anchor around her neck. It was on her to throw that anchor off. But he and eventually she did. But actually, and, and the thing that the story illustrates is that Bobby wasn't really a, the problem. Bobby was actually a symptom of what the real problem was. And 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 Robin, she gets at it. Like you can tell, Robin has really. Robin really loved Whitney and she really saw the things that pained Whitney and the things that bothered Whitney she saw what it was and so she's able to dissect Whitney's pain in a way that probably Whitney wouldn't because Whitney couldn't confront it or just I, it's I, I don't want to give it away, but it is a really good book. If you are a fan of Whitney Houston, you have got to read this book because it is the true story, and it, and it is and it and it is a it's really it's a love story. I'm gonna be honest. Robin, you know, she has a wife and kids now, but she really wrote a love story to Whitney. That's really what it was. It it, it really was. And it's not the thing I like about it. It's not that she's trying. She did say. That her motivation for writing the book was that everybody else has said their piece and she don't like the paint p- picture that's been painted of Whitney and how, you know, everybody's just been lying and telling all, you know, just saying whatever they want about Whitney. She did say that, but I feel like ultimately she wanted to write 
she wanted to honor Whitney and write and tell about this outstanding woman and she was like a fan like you all through the book she you can tell she was like a fan and she just really loved her right um and so she tells and so she and so it had been long rumored that Whitney was a lesbian or whatever and that they had this affair I heard it everybody heard it for some reason now that the book is out everybody including the gays talking about well she shouldn't out Whitney the first of all that is stupid I hate when y'all say that shit, particularly gays, because y'all know good and goddamn well, oh well Whitney never came out, Whitney never claimed this when she was alive, and now somebody tell her story, y'all, that doesn't make any sense, because what what is what what do we do, we examine people's lives, and how do we know that Thomas Jefferson's kids were his slaves that, you know, whoever we found out later was LGBT or whatever how do we know, because after they pass, people start to tell their story and tell the truth that they perhaps couldn't tell when they were alive, alive for various reasons and everybody gay knows why Whitney could not say that she was LGBT because at that time it was not like now and even now it's not you know all the way safe but I mean now if Whitney would have came out now it wouldn't have been such a hit on her career as it was back in the 80's and so that's why she didn't tell stop acting like she didn't tell because she you know she just didn't want anybody to know because what the book what the book makes clear is Whitney was not ashamed of what she was, and she was not ashamed of their relationship, but she just had so much pressure on her, not just from the industry, but from her family, from her family, and that is why she couldn't, but she never, she never really forsook Robin, they, Robin said they, they their physical relationship ended while early, like right around when she sold, when she first signed the record contract, because Whitney was like, they'll use this against us, it's a hurt us, you know, I'm not ashamed, I love you, it's not that, but where we're going, because the thing that, that Robin said is like, when they met, they clicked instantly, and she said, she noticed Whitney, and she had never seen Whitney before, and then she says later, Whitney told her that she noticed her right away, so as soon as she walked in, they, 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 they clicked, right, and Whitney said to her, look, I'm gonna be a star, and you're coming with me, and we're going all the way, and they lived together, and everything, and they were, they had a relationship, but then, when she, you know, when she got signed, Whitney was like, this, and, and Robin agreed, and, and I got, it was 1982, that's a different time, it would have, you know, being gay back then, you can, ain't like now. You know, they're like, uh, she's gay. You know, Whitney had problems with being white. She had so many, people had so many issues with her. Like, it just was not a possibility. So I understood that. And Robin was like, I understood it. And I was fine with that. And, um, but she, but they were always in love. And she said that, you know, she told stories about, um, the first time she went to see Whitney at, at the church singing and how her, they used to, um, come over to her, you know, house, and she would tell her, Whitney, you know, tell her all the different things that she was going to do, and she said the thing that she really, that really first impressed her about Whitney is how, how aware of her, uh, skill she was, she was like, she would, she would, um, she was a big fan of Shaka Khan, and she was like, she would play Shaka Khan, and she would tell me, like, little parts, like, listen to her enunciation, how you can hear every word, and this is where she takes the breath, and, and, and just studying her, her art, right, and Robin was like, I was fascinated, like, because outside of, you know, that, Wendy was very cool, very calm, very funny, she said, but when she put them headphones on, she was, you, you saw what everybody saw on the stage, and she told, she tells about the first time that they, they had sex, and she was like, yeah, um, you know, and, and, 
um, what she say? They came home from, I can't remember. They used to go everywhere together. And they came home from somewhere, and she was like, yo, we were sitting on the floor, and we was listening to music, and we ended up kissing. And then she said, Whitney said to her, you know, they kissed for a bit or whatever. And uh, she said, Whitney said to her, if I knew when my brother was coming home, I would show you something. And, 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 and you know, that ended that, but later, that, I mean, they was, they was having sex. She told the story. I don't want to get the whole thing. They, was, they did it more than one time. Like, they were uh, uh, intimate with each other a lot. Um, up until that point, she said, when he came to her. But um, but even that, I mean, you know, all relationships was not sex. She was like, yo, it's still, I love you with all my heart. But, you know, and Robin went along with it. Robin was like, cool. And Robin was her creative director. Robin, um, but I will say this. And I'm actually living for it because I, 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 when Sissy Houston gave that interview to Oprah Winfrey right after Whitney died, I knew what it was then, because everybody, you know, I'm not no church gay or nothing like that, but one of the reasons that I'm, I don't like the church is because of people like Sissy Houston. And so I knew in that interview, when I saw that interview, I knew that Sissy was the issue, because when Oprah asked her about Robin, Whitney is dead. Whitney was freshly, like, deceased. Like, it was a few months after. And Oprah was like, so... You know, if she had come to you, would you accept that? And Sissy was like, no, I wouldn't accept nothing like that. And I was like, normally, every other person, a mother, their child is dead. Their child is dead and gone from the world. They are going to say, I wouldn't care what she was. I just want my child back. I just want my baby back. I would do anything to have her back. But not Sissy. When you dead and gone, and you still so worried about this 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 relationship, and so I knew she was the problem, I was like, okay, that's the problem right there, but Robin really goes into it, Sissy was a mean motherfucker, and about everything, and it was, and people, and a lot of people say, oh, well, I always thought uh, Sissy was jealous about Whitney's career, I, I don't even know, I mean, that might be true, but that's not the extent of it, Sissy was just terrible, like, Robin was talking about how mean she was to Whitney, how she always nicked at Whitney, and just you know, Whitney would, she was like, we all know how Whitney Houston look, Whitney is beautiful, Whitney Houston is motherfucking beautiful, and Robin was like, she would come out, you know, whatever, like, be trying on a costume or whatever she was gonna wear, with her face, you know, looking like Whitney, look, Robin was like, she looked like an angel, look at how she looked, looking beautiful, and Sissy would be like, oh, you, you look like a boy, and your hair, so just like, always hitting at her, and then she said that, the boy, her her brothers never had to do nothing. Whitney had to come. Whitney had to was you know sing at the choir, go work at the uh, club and do all that, and come home and do dishes. Right? Her brothers never had to do nothing. Her brothers was bad. They was on drugs. They was running in and out. They never had to do anything. Um, Sissy was having an affair with the pastor, which Whitney did not like because Whitney she was like, oh you you know you sweating me on all this bullshit, but you being a hypocrite. So Robin really Robin really observed what it was, and drops to the T, Robin has, that. Robin fucking got that shit down, probably more so than Whitney, I mean, she was, she didn't have, no, and it's not like she was trying to drag Sissy, but she just was telling what happened, and then telling what happened, Sissy just like, terrible, um, and, and that's, and she, and she was like, that's, that, that was a lot of, that was a lot of um, Whitney's issue because she took care of her whole family. Her brothers were, and if you've seen Cannot Be Me, you kind of know some of this, but her brothers were useless. Her brother Gary played 
pro ball for a little bit, but got kicked off for drugs. And uh, she, Whitney was carrying the entire family. And, um, you know, Sissy just never let her rest. And, um, you know, it was really mean to Robin. And she said, Rob, and she said, Whitney would tell her, look, my mama don't like nobody. And she going to be mean to you. And she was like, Whitney used to grab me by the face all the time and be like, I love you very much. Please just understand. You mean the world to me. Whatever my mama say to you, whatever she does, please. And there's this part in there where um, Sissy actually slaps Robin in the face. And Robin better than me. Because y'all know I'll fight old people and children. I'm going to give a fuck. She didn't do nothing. She said Whitney, though, was like, Mom, no. And like, you know. She said the closest sissy ever came. And everybody was like shocked. Like looking at sissy like yo you doing too much now. And she said the first. The closest she ever got to an apology. Is like when she came back. Sissy asked her if she was alright. And then Robin got smacked in the face a lot. <laughs> I was like. I was like girl. This is. You, you done got smacked in the face a little bit too many times for me. She said Whitney smacked her in the face too. Because. Whitney broke off the physical relationship. And Whitney was you know. Do I? You know I. I'm gonna say Whitney was bisexual. I, Whitney never. Um, Whitney never um, claimed anything. And Robin really doesn't either. Robin actually has dated men also, but she. I mean, I think she identifies as lesbian. But what she said was at the time, you know, I I, I was going back. I was fluid. You know, not not even fluid, but you know, she was like, I ain't really. You know, I ain't really know like. I would date guys, but, you know, I, eventually I realized I didn't like them. But anyway, um, but she said, but Whitney still was really jealous. She was like, so they wouldn't have, like, a physical relationship, and Whitney would be, like, dating, you know, uh, Jermaine Jackson or who the fuck ever. But if Robin showed any interest in anybody, she, Whitney would get mad. Like, Whitney would get mad, and Robin was like... Uh, uh, you know, goddamn, alright, you know, I guess everybody, she was like, I guess everybody can see people with me, like this one, uh, I guess, um, as Whitney started bubbling up, um, Robin was, you know, Robin, she, Whitney started dating, you know, men, and Robin was like trying to pull herself out, like, okay, cool, whatever, so she said Whitney bought her a condo, because they had lived together forever, and Robin was like, look, I gotta get the fuck out of here, because she was like, Jermaine, she'd be on the phone, giggling to Jermaine, you know, all these niggas, and Robin's like, look, fuck this, that's cool, whatever, we ain't, you know, but I ain't, I ain't one, <laughs> I can get the fuck out of here, so Robin, so Whitney bought her a condo, but she said that one of the girls on the tour, one of Whitney's, like, dancers or whatever on the tour, not even that they was dating, but, like, the girl clearly liked her, and she was like, like, I kissed her one time, and maybe I went for a walk with her, and she was like, Whitney, and that's when Whitney slapped her, because, like, Whitney, they said it was on tour or something, and it was, like, a day off, and they was in Japan or wherever, and Robin was like, you know, and this is after they had already, you know, stopped their little, um, you know, physical relationship, and Whitney was like, this is way, this is way back, and, like, still early, because she was, like, dating Jermaine Jackson or whatever, and, um, so, Robin was like, it was a day off, so the girl asked her out to, like, go sightseeing or whatever, so she went out with the girl to go sightseeing, she was like, I don't even think we kissed, she was like, I, I can't remember, but I really don't think we kissed, it just wasn't, you know, I mean, clearly, like, it might have been a date, but it wasn't that serious, and Robin was like, when she got back, everybody was like, where the hell you been at, she was like, what, I've been now, and they said, Whitney, Whitney is on a war pass, Whitney was pissed, so she got up to the, she got up to the room, and Whitney was like, did you fuck her, <laughs> I was like, 
Nah, we was like we was out walking around. She said Whitney was mad, and Whitney was like, "Did you kiss her?" And Rob was like, "Well, we kissed." And she said Whitney slapped her in the face, <laughs> and she was like, "I was like, goddamn!" Like, so Robin got smacked in the face two times. But um, I know I just thought it was funny because you know they didn't have a physical relationship but they still had a relationship and Robin was like so I just learned that I just can't you know if I can't I can't I just can't have no I just gotta whatever I ain't allowed to date nobody or whatever they was on tour she was like right, whatever she I mean she was like it ain't no big deal cause we on tour I'm busy cause we, she was like Whitney's kind of manager you know she was managing everything with the label and and, and you know costume she's kind of doing it all right um she even said she picked that, that Whitney originally when she sang the uh Star Spangled Banner at Super Bowl. She's supposed to wear like this dress. It was, you know, supposed to be Whitney'd out, but it was colder than they anticipated. And Whitney was like, "I can't wear that dress. I'm gonna fucking freeze out there." And so, um, she's Robin was like, "Well, why don't you wear it? You at the Super Bowl? Why don't you wear that sweatsuit?" And so Robin, Robin really had a lot of creative input in, in Whitney's uh, career, um, and a lot of a lot them two together. But a lot of that was Robin. Like Robin got her the dancers. Robin, um, she said that you know. The, one of Whitney's best live performances, in my opinion, is when she did the one she did from the aircraft carrier in 1991. I want to say um, for the for the troops, and um, she said that Robin, you know, Robin was on the boat and she saw all the, you know, the uniforms. She was like, "Yo, I really like the Navy uniforms. And everything it looked really dope." She was like, "So I took that idea and for the um, I'm Your Baby Tonight album when they're dancing in the flight suits." That was where that came from. Robin was like, yeah, let's do that look, because that look is sleek. And so that's where they got the flight suits from. So Robin really had a lot of creative input. Um, And so she's telling about her brothers, and she's telling about the drugs. She's telling about the drugs. She's she's being honest. Like, she's not... She's being honest. Like, because Robin was doing drugs, too. Like, they were doing drugs together. But Robin could stop. And she said, Whitney would always say, look, where we're going, these drugs can't go. And but Robin could stop, but Whitney, when you, as she tells the story, you'll see Whitney. It was so many things. It wasn't just about. It was. Just, it wasn't just about being a star. It was so many. Th- her family was pure trash. Her mother was trash. Her father was trash. Her brothers were trash. It was. She did, and so she had all of that pressure. None of them was worth a damn. Plus she Whitney Houston. Plus her mother sweating her about this. This you know the love of her life. And she can't, you know, who uh, for whatever reason she can't be with. And Robin's Robin said that shit. Robin was like, "Look, if this had been if this had been us today, we would be fine. We'd be on a uh, on an island somewhere. It would be no issue. We would be fine. But you know, back then it was a different time. And so, um, and she tells about. So I've I've gotten to the part where she tells about Bobby, and she was like, "Yeah, I really really wasn't um didn't think much of Bobby at the time because she said at the time um Whitney was really more into Eddie Murphy." But Eddie Murphy wasn't trying to be serious about her. I, it was kind of, you got to understand, Robin's only telling what Robin knew. And Robin, you know, she was like, yeah, I wasn't on a date with her, Eddie. So I don't know. But she was like, for whatever reason, you know, Eddie didn't want to get serious with her. But he did give her a really nice ring. And she said the ring was so nice that the ring that bought, and bought, she, you know, so when Bobby comes along, she talks about Bobby. She was like, I ain't really like him. I wasn't really impressed, but whatever. And I didn't think she was going to take him serious. And then she tells about how um, Bobby got his, one of his baby mamas pregnant while they was dating. And she was like, I thought for sure Whitney was going to kick him to the curb, but she didn't. And then she talks about going to his house and how he's, you know, his, he was, his house was trash and he didn't have no money and he was, you know, and, um, he had, he had blew through all his if you know, if you, listen, if you Gen X or if you was alive back then, y'all know Bobby Brown had went bankrupt and all that, all he told, he told you know, all of those, done, he ran through his money and so, 
Robin was saying that you know the engagement ring he got her. He he supposedly got that with his album advance money. She was like, but I don't know what album he was recording because um, we never saw him in the studio or anything. But she said that when the insurance pers- person came to um, appraise the ring, that the one that Eddie had gave her just you know whatever ring was worth more than the one Bobby gave her. She said, but Whitney didn't care. She got Eddie's ring made into earrings or whatever. But she was like, um, you know, she was like, look. Whitney said that she wanted she wanted to have, you know, a husband and a family. And she doesn't say this directly, but I think that it's implied that Whitney thought if she did that, her mother would leave her the fuck alone, right? And her mother would stop. Because she was like, Sissy Whitney is on all these drugs and all this stuff. She was like, Sissy and um the lady Aunt Bay who used to take care of her, they was like, they would just disrespect Whitney. If Whitney gave an order like, yo... You know, I don't, I, you know, after the show, I'm tired. I want to be left alone. Everybody would respect Whitney's orders, but Sissy. Sissy would be sitting up in a hotel room, you know, bothering her or whatever. She was like, sometimes Sissy would come to the gate and Whitney wouldn't let her in because Whitney just ain't want to be bothered with her. And she was like, then sometimes if she come into the house and, you know, I, she'd be like, well, where's Whitney? And she'd be like, Whitney's in her room. And she would go, because she said Whitney, so she said Whitney was a room dweller. Whitney would be in her room and could be in there all day and would never leave out, you know, and just wasn't worried about the world. She was like, she did that even, she was like, later, you know, with drugs. She was like, but earlier, even when we were teenagers, like she would, she just was a person. She could be home and she would just be in her room all day long. Um, and so she was like, Whitney would come, Sissy would come and knock on Whitney's door, and Whitney wouldn't answer. Whitney would be in there. She just wouldn't answer. And she was like, you know, when they would go on tour, Sissy would just be just, 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 just disrespect, just, just the worst. Like, you know, like, um, she said one time in particular, what did she say? Whitney, um, some, something that Whitney had, Whitney wanted to, um, oh, Whitney, um, they were trying to like, cook something for her or something, and Whitney was like, no, nah, I don't want that, I want to order from the room service, and they, like, they, 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 like, called the room service and canceled what she ordered and bought the food up there, and she was like, Whitney would never say anything, you know, but she just didn't want, you know, she would just be like, the fuck, you know what I'm saying, I, I thought, I'm fucking, you know, just shit like that, like, they would just, and she said she didn't really like Aunt Bay, and that's funny, because Aunt Bay is in one of the Whitney movies, so I'm like, oh, that's my baby, but Robin was like, she ain't really like her, because she, all she was like, all that, all she gonna do is spy for Sissy, so really, her, Whitney's crew was Robin and a housekeeper, Robin hired a housekeeper for her, like, when Whitney first started, really, um, I think she said after, um, after, mm-hmm, after the second album, I think, which was Whitney, you know, when she really, they was like, okay, we have to move out of the apartment. They was in an apartment in Woodbridge. She was like, we got to move out out of that. And they moved to an apartment in Fort Lee. And she was like, and then we kind of needed a housekeeper. So she she hired this housekeeper. And from then on, and this was like, you know, whenever Whitney came out, 84, 85, whatever that was. From then on, it was her, it was Robin and the housekeeper. That was like, you know, her crew and then everybody else. Her brothers and all them shit. She was like, she ain't really fuck with her older brother because he was on drugs. And he was, you know, he was a background singer. He would show up late, you know. And Robin said, you know, he would fuck with her sometimes. Like, it, it just, listen. It's a, you gotta, it's, 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 this is the biography that we need. Um, this is like the lady sings the blues for Whitney Houston. Um, and... You know, so she talks about when they got married, and by that time she had like like Robin had accepted, you know, that 
they basically had a love affair, but you know, no, they weren't. You know, they weren't physical, and you know, Whitney was was married to Bobby, but she was. But you could just tell the way it's not, and it's not. She's. It's not like a jealous thing. You know, when somebody, it is not like that at all. She's just like, yo, yeah, she married him. I'm sure she loved him. She did love him. He's. I, I said, all right, well, if you love him, marry him. It was just like a that confidence where you know that, like, okay, yeah, that's you know, if that's what you want to do, and if that's what makes you happy, you want to be with him, go be with him. I'm not gonna stand in your way. It wasn't like a jealous thing. She wasn't. She wasn't trying to drag Bobby. She was just saying things that. We all know to be true about Bobby. She was just like, yeah, his house was run down. Um, he was taking care of all his family. Um, he he um, when they when, when they first came to meet him, he uh, beat up his baby mama, and he said, that, and she said, the girl when she was leaving out stopped and turned to Whitney and was like, I, yeah, I don't care if you are Whitney Houston. If he does this to me, he'll do this to you. And Robin was like, we both stood there shocked. She was like, but I kind of thought it was probably true. And so. Um, she tell you know, and and then she tells that you know she tells about the wedding, and she said that Eddie Murph. So um, you know Whitney, and she said Whitney was really um stung by Eddie not wanting her because she said you know one time it was his birthday or whatever, and she went over there in like a fur because you know Eddie lived near her in Jersey, and she went over there in like a fur coat and a cake, and, he, and she told her she was busy. He was busy, and she he said that that sent Whitney on kind of like a drug spiral because she Whitney was very insecure, and she was insecure and unsure of herself because of what you know her mother always just always chopping her down, and she was like, but she knew her talent though. Whitney knew she could sing. She was like, so it wasn't like she knew she knew her talent, but like in in other in other things, right? And so she said that that she went off on a drug binge on that, and they found her, and they had to like she she they had to get her together. And but they said on the day that she was going to get married to Bobby Brown, Eddie Murphy called her on the phone. She said um, Whitney was you know in there getting ready or whatever, and somebody said you know was talking on the phone. She said Robin said she answered the phone, and Whitney was like, "Who is that?" And Robin was like, "It's." Eddie and and they, she said she got up and all she heard was Whitney's um half of the convo. Whitney was like, "Yes, I'm getting married. Yes, on today. Yes, I am." And she said Eddie actually called her on her wedding day. Maybe he didn't know it was her wedding day. Maybe he had just heard she was getting married or whatever. But called her and told her, "Do not marry Bobby Brown," and um you know warned her against it. So you know I don't know why her and I, um I don't know why him and Whitney didn't click. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he you know was into his white women too much or maybe whatever. But he called her, I feel like he must have cared something for her, because he called her and told her not to, not to marry him um, and so you know, that's that's as far as I got, so they're about to go on the um, bodyguard tour but she doesn't really, she talks about Bobby very nonchalantly like, not like pressed or she's not blaming him at all, like that's the thing like the, it's not really, it's about it's about her and it's about Whitney and it's so good and 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 so many of you that, and that's why like I say you gays talking about oh why is she telling now like how many of our fucking, first of all I'm excited as fuck to know for sure, there's always been a rumor but I'm excited as fuck to know for sure that Whitney is, is, is one of us I think I'm fucking excited as shit people are like, oh, how you know she's telling the truth what, what's she gonna lie for, first of all, this is the first time you heard that no, it's been a long time rumor and what, what she gotta lie for Whitney been dead seven years, and this is what when people die, 
it's not like she came out right away like everybody else. But when people die after a certain amount of years come by, you start to tell you gotta tell the truth about their lives. And and we sit up here as gays every day and be like, gays been out here, we've been out here. Ain't nobody. Oh, everybody wanna be gay now. No, we've been gay, but people been more comfortable and it's a better environment now. So how you can say that at one minute and then the next minute be like, oh, well they should keep it quiet. It's her business. How come it's only it's only somebody business when they LGBT? It's like this this underlying is something to be shameful of. It's something that's like there's some somebody trying to desecrate her. They're not. Whitney was bisexual at least. Okay? At least. Um, Robin says she was probably fluid. Um, but like, what is the what is the issue? She's been dead seven years now. This is what we do. As people die and move on, we tell the truth about them. And that's how we know the things that we know about people that we didn't know when they're alive. It's not slander. And if somebody was, I don't know, a serial killer when they were alive. If that's what they were, that's what they were. You tell the story after. Like, that's this is how things work. This is how history works. This is how biographies work. You talk about things that people didn't know at the time. So y'all sound stupid. Like, oh, well, you know, if Whitney never came out, you know why Whitney never came out. So stop acting like it was, like, something that she just didn't want people to know. I mean, perhaps, but there's reasons why she didn't want people to know. Because of her career, her family, and all of this. And and, and it's important because it, it explains why she died the way she did when he died of a broken heart and she I mean we know she you know her drug issues were fueled by all of these things so it explains uh, why she had the issues that she had so like I don't know I don't know what y'all pro- I don't know what y'all problem is she's not slandering her and it's like when Bobby Brown told his fucking line that story nobody had a problem with it nobody was like oh he disrespected and dragging her through the mud when they put Whitney fucking bathroom on that album cover paid eight hundred thousand dollars for some picture like you need Whitney Houston's bathroom from ten years ago to beat a fucking face of drug abuse with all these motherfucking rip rappers dropping dead every five minutes off goddamn heroin and all this other shit. You you gotta go drag out Whitney Houston's um counter. Everybody know Whitney had a problem with drugs, but this is a story that is written by somebody who loved her and who she loved. And it's just you get it, you get her reverence and her and her and her admiration and her just care for Whitney comes through. She was the only one. And it may and, and when you hear this when you hear this story, the other things and, and Things that people have said or that you've heard about Whitney, it's gonna be, it's gonna start to make sense why her brothers and her mother were so hostile to Robin because Robin was the one who Whitney really loved and who Whitney cared about and who cared about Whitney. And Robin was the one that kept them at bay. Robin was the one who told, and this, and this, this is the part that really, really cemented that Sissy's not shit for me. Robin told Sissy numerous times, sorry. Testing, testing, one, two, testing, one, two. Okay, so apologize if this is a little choppy. Um, trying to pick up where I left off on the on the work got cut off on the first one. So anyway, uh, what I was saying was, um, Robin had told Sissy numerous times that Whitney was on drugs, and the phrase she always used from the beginning to the end, she said, you know, she can't stop. And that's going back to what I said earlier, where she was saying, Whitney was always saying, where well, that going, this can't go. And Robin was like, you know, I, I can, I can stop. She can't stop. And I've heard that, uh, 
phrasing used for for addicts before so but she told her several times the times that she speaks up publicly and the one sissy acknowledge sissy acknowledges one time and robin also uh tells that time but she told her a lot of times and she said every time that she would tell sissy she would never go get her never like okay thank you for letting me know let's go put her in a program it was never that she would call um whitney and and um her brothers and tell them what robin said so basically i'm trying you know snitch robin out and um you know and then it would get back to whitney and whitney would come to robin like i know why you told her blah 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 so like you know i feel like deep down you know Whitney knew that she was trying to do what's best for her, but it's just like you. I'm telling you that your daughter needs help with these drugs, and she never once was like, "Okay, let's find a program, let's go." But no, never. She would just tell Whitney what Robin had said, and I to this day like pr- think that she was always sissy, and 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 all of them were always trying to drive a wedge between Robin and Whitney because Robin was her protector. Robin kept all the motherfuckers away, Robin was honored Whitney, whatever Whitney wanted to do Robin made it happen, and I feel like Sissy probably was doing that, trying to be like, okay, so let me tell that you telling me this, so she'll know she can't trust you, it was, it was always that right, and so then there's another part in the book so, so when I recorded on Wednesday or Tuesday, whatever day it was I hadn't gotten through the book yet, so I hadn't um, gotten, you know, to the end so there's but now I have, and there's a portion where she talks about, um, well, it was a rumor, um, and they, they mentioned it in Can I Be Me, but I don't, I'm not sure if they presented it, yeah, because her brother acknowledged it, that John was going to pay, try to pay somebody to break Robin's legs, because Dave, this is how, man, listen, I'm giving y'all snippets, y'all have to read this book, because I always said that her family wasn't, I told you, I knew from the Oprah interview, but I didn't know the depths, and I didn't know the, the, um, intent, like, all of these people are trash, so all these people on these talk shows, talking about how much they love Whitney, and, and even the fuck she was out with her sister-in-law the night she, they, all of these, they are all trash individuals, to a level that you cannot believe, every last one of them was enabling, uh, was stealing for Whitney, using her money, Robin said that, um, and it wasn't just them, it was the Browns, Bobby, Robin said that Bobby's mom would call up Nippy Inc. for money like it was the ATM, she was paying everybody's house bill, mortgage, light bill, this, that, they were just calling up and getting money for everything, and her father who was giving it to them, not only he had to set up like a separate account, they said at a gas station, which I didn't even understand, like how the fuck you gotta, I don't even know how it works, but supposedly a separate account, where he was getting money from, and her mother was getting money, and, and Robin said that Whitney said one time she made because what Sissy Houston is like a, a big deal in like the background singers and in, in, in the world, and she would get like they said three times the rate, so she got paid very well. And Whitney was like, she make enough money, what the fuck she need my money for? But she would never confront the family. But Robin would, you know, see Robin was she wouldn't even necessarily say anything to to Robin about it, but Robin is just observing all of this, and she said that which surprised me, she said the first time she heard about Whitney being broke, being and you know, has assets but not, you know cash, um, which a lot of rich people do, you know, when the pe- rich people say they're broke, it don't, 
you know, people are like, oh, they, you know, it, it just means they don't have cash. They have, you know, they have assets. They have, you know, maybe their 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 catalogs and all of that, but they don't have, they can't, they don't have access to, you know, money. Like, um, and so she said the first time she heard it at was about eighty eight, and she was like, and I just couldn't understand it because if you eighty eight was when Whitney was at her, well, I mean, her peak, you know, I guess was a bodyguard, but eighty eight Whitney was everywhere. She was made all the money, and she was like, it just didn't. I didn't understand how she could not have any money when she was making all this money. It made no sense to me and she was like so I started you know trying to find out what I could and that's when she said earlier when she had the um they had an incident where you know Whitney wasn't what had did a background and uh run or whatever for this famous producer and he wasn't trying to pay her and um she asked John to get the money and she was like she regretted it and so then she was like, and you know, so when she starts looking into the money and asking John, and John just was very hostile and didn't want, you know, why you want to know? Why you want to know? And she was like, you know, I can only do so much because, you know, that's her father, you know, and he, and she he was controlling her account, but she was like, she knew that something wasn't was up because she was like, wait, man, every time I try to look at the books or ask simple questions, he got an issue with it, and she was like, and I can see if, you know. You know, he was. I could see if he was like, yo, you know, I, I'm handling everything. But she was like, you know, look, when it's not like I'm coming to you asking for money, I'm just trying to figure out. You know, she basically came to him like, John, you know, it's, it's don't make no sense. And if you was on the up and up, you would be like, he would be like, yeah, something don't make sense. But turns out he was the one that wasn't making the sense. He was the one that was stealing the money from her, from his own fucking daughter. He's st- like, like they were terrible, terrible people. And, um, to depths that I just didn't even realize till and 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 you can tell like the whole tone of this book she's not she's not looking to settle scores she's not like feel she's telling it just very matter of fact like not feeling a way about it just I mean you know not like yo this nigga wasn't trapped like I'm doing oh you trapped no she was just telling the story like this is let me tell you all the things that my friend was dealing with, why y'all just want to act like she was just some crack hoe and just, you know, all of this. No, you know, let me, let me tell you what she had to shoulder and how she had nobody but me until, you know, on her side and, and every, I mean, just wolves everywhere, everywhere. And like I, I tell people like, I say, I always got a soft spot in my heart for Lindsay Lohan, because I always say like, it's really hard to like, a lot of stars, you know, have issues, drugs, whatever, whatever, but usually, like, Britney Spears, and, like, different, you know, different ones, their parents will be like, okay, like, Britney Spears' father was like, look, all of y'all back the fuck up, I'm gonna be conservative with my daughter, I'm taking care of me. y'all get the fuck out of here, I'm gonna short this shit out later, but I got this, usually your parent will come in, Whitney, her family was the issue, Amy Winehouse, same thing, when your family are the wolves that's gnawing at you, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, and, to this day, I feel like, and Robin off, Robin doesn't say it, but you can, she doesn't say it, she doesn't imply it, but you can tell, you get the impression that had Whitney just been able, she, she said, um, hold on, sir. I'm skipping around, but I mean, you know, we all know what happened. They said, when she said when Whitney passed, you know, she thought, she just thought they would have more time. You know, she was like, yeah, we thought, we, I thought we would have time to really, like, sort it out. And we ended up not having time. And, um, but you get this tone all through the thing that if Whitney could have just, at some point, come to grips with being 
who she was and can can you know being able to be who she was that she would have been fine and i feel and i feel like if she could have just made it you know just little like you know till now let's say whitney had made i mean seven years is not that long let's say whitney would have made it till now and could have you know i think she would have been somebody maybe she don't come out publicly but i think she might have been like like latifah did where it's just like all of a sudden like oh okay you just you know starting not you start not that you make announcements but you stop like playing these little stupid games you know i feel like maybe that i feel like maybe whitney could have done that you know had she could she have got this gotten this far um but even the story of her death, um, the, you know, because we've all seen, we all hear, you know, her, it, just the thing that's like all, all the people, if you watched Oprah, whatever you watched when she died, the, the, the babysitter and assistant and all these people coming on telling these stories, like they had no idea. And I just left for a minute and Whitney, you know, she sent me to get some cupcakes. Robin said all of that is a lie. She was like, I don't know exactly what happened. She was like, but all of those people in that room. It's no way they didn't know what was going on. It's no way that they, you know, thought she was okay. Because I could see from the TV, you know, remember the pictures that came out with me out the night before? She was like, I could see from that that she wasn't okay. She was, Robin was like, all of them, so all um, all her brother's wives, um, Pat Houston, which we already know. She was like, everybody in that family is a snake, and they are all telling lies. And I knew when I heard the story of what happened on the night she died that they did that. They were lying. So all the people on that on that uh, Whitney Houston, not not cannot be me because it cannot be me. People would say it was Whitney's people on Whitney's side. So I'm true. I'm talking about the other one, that other one that came out in the theater. That one, she Aunt Bay, all of them. Oh, that's my baby. That she said all they all lying. They all lying. She was like all of them knew them the same ones that was trying to um break us apart and always trying to you know hiring people to try to break my legs and and, and she said Aunt Bay is the one that told mate told Whitney that she should tell Bobby about their relationship. And Robin was like, and what the fuck for? Like, listen, we hadn't been, yeah, we was in love. She's like, but we hadn't been intimate at that point in like 15, 20 years. You married, you got a kiss. She was, Robin was like, I had moved on. You know, I was, you know, it was okay. We wasn't, we Ben said that we couldn't do this before her career. And when Whitney said she wanted to get married and have a kid, I accepted it. And you know, that's fine. She's like, so why are you, why are you bringing this up for now? And she didn't, she ain't had nothing good to say about Bobby Brown either. But again, just like it wasn't, but it wasn't like people's like, oh, she's dragging by. She's really not. Like, I can't explain it, but it's like if you have. I don't know. I call it the um, always be my baby, like Mariah Carey song. Like if you have somebody that you just know that y'all have a y'all have what y'all have is special in the bond, and like nobody, no matter what else happens, like nothing is gonna change that. That was her. That was that was kind of Robin's tone with Bobby. She was like, yeah, you know, look, that she got married to him. They had baby. That was her family, no problem. I I wasn't really, you know, she was like, I didn't like Bobby because shit Bobby was doing and how he was treating my friend and abusing my friend, but I, it was not a jealous thing. Like, her attitude was like, look, if that's what you want, baby, you, you, look, you got it. I get it, understand, you know, that's not my life, you know, cool. And, 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 you know, you told me 15, 20 years ago that we, so it's no big deal, right? And, um, the other point I wanted to make is back to what I was saying in the first half when I was like, I'm tired of you fucking people talking about, oh, you know, Whitney never came out of so why are you telling now? Robin tells a story, um, it explains actually a lot. She was like, you know, the, the rumor, you know, the rumors about us being gay, our relationship was really, you know, hankering at it. But she, she was like, it was not like Whitney, it's not like Whitney was ashamed or didn't want it to come out. Whitney just was like, why? 
there's this is my friend like our relationship we're not in a sexual relationship like basically Whitney's whole thing was like what does this have to do with my career like I am all these records I'm selling I, I, I come out every night and I sing perfectly and you know Whitney was aware of her talent and this is all y'all want to know about like, y'all not asking me about how to prepare that was Whitney's whole thing so that's why she was really I mean she was bothered by it because it. I mean like it's none of your business and it, it just was they were trying to be salacious and so and so Robin's and, and Whitney and Robin I mean her career at the listen y'all young kids y'all might don't know but Whitney Houston was huge and like the, this is we talking about like from the 80s to like the early 90s she was huge she was like my career it'd be like right now if like a Rihanna or something like it's a perfect example it's like Rihanna now if people would keep asking her about Chris Brown like that was so long ago I was 23 years old all of this shit that, that happened since then, this nigga done had 50 kids, you know, like, what are you still asking me about, why are you asking about that, it was like that, you know, that's why she was objecting to it, it wasn't so much that she, you know, was ashamed, but she said, um, they gave this interview, I forgot what, before what album was coming out, um, and it was to some magazine that the label sent over, and they were, you know, talking about her business, and how they set it up, and their plans, and their career, you know, how our tour, they were talking about the business of Whitney, and, you know, and they were, they were really happy with the article, and they thought when the article came out, okay, we finally gonna see, yo, yes, we're friends, we whatever, all of that don't matter, because this is what we built, and she said the whole article was like this salacious slur, you know, oh, secret lesbian affair, it was just like a bunch of bullshit, and she said, ever since then, she said, Wendy, Whitney was wounded by that, and she was like, ever since then, she's not... The, so the way she turned later with her interview, she didn't really say a lot. If you like Whitney's later interviews, she didn't really come. Up, sometimes she could come across as a little snippy, but she just was very straight to the point and matter of fact about it. You know, she didn't give you. She wasn't as forthcoming in interviews. She always seemed like you know we. It's a lot of gifts and Whitney in the interviews. Like okay, what's the next question? You know, all right, we already answered that. And she said that was why because. When she tried to, you know, really give people interview, all they wanted to talk about was the bullshit. So she just was like, "Okay, fine." That Diane Sawyer, she was like, "Of course, you know, the drugs were involved." But she was like the same thing. She was just like, "Yo, I'm I'm not giving y'all nothing because you know I'm just gonna answer your questions like court style, and that's it." Um, she goes into depth about the abuse. I didn't know. Whitney always said that Bobby never put his hands on her except for that one time that, you know, we all know she called the police. But what Robin said, he, 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 she didn't, she saw herself, she, she told about the incident that Whitney told about when he spit on her. But the way Whitney told it made it way not as bad as it actually was. Robin said, Robin told the incident and it was worse. Um, and we said Whitney took off running and crying. Um, and, um, she said he was just abusive. He he was putting his hands on her. Um, she didn't. She was like, I didn't see him physically. I didn't see him physically because you know I wasn't allowed. She was like, but you know, if somebody dragged you in the room and you you hear people you know scuffling or whatever, and somebody come out with a black eye or whatever, or they bust lip, you know that somebody hit somebody. She was like, it was like that. And you know, other times she would like because you know Robin. After Bobby moved in, Robin didn't live there anymore. Robin lived, like, down the block. And she was like, she would just see her. And she said one time, like, way back on the, um, My Love Is Your Love tour, she said that, um, Bobby showed up. And she was like, whenever Bobby showed up, it was chaos. Like, Whitney would be cool. You know, everything would be fine. Bobby show up, and, you know, he's strutting around and, you know, just, just... Being at, being Bobby Brown and, and shit would just go into chaos. Like Whitney would say, "Do this, do this." Bobby would come have an issue with it. Then all of a sudden, it was like, "Okay, well, we not doing that." It's like, uh, so that's that's up to and and even like so in the um 
in the movie, again, they make they make the way Robin quit. Um, Robin said that's not the way it happened. She said in the movie they said like, um, you know, Robin just couldn't take it no more, got fed up, you know, and, and gave Whitney an ultimatum and said, if it's got to be Bobby, it got to be me. And she said that Whitney said, you know, tell her I accept, I accept her resignation. But Robin said that ain't exactly how it happened. Robin said that some incident happened um, with George Michael. And, you know, some incident happened with Bobby or whatever. And so Whitney, and, you know, they wanted to apologize. And so Robin, you know, they said, okay, apologize, do this. So Robin did it. And when she came back to report to Whitney that she had done it, you know, okay, yeah, I sent them, you know, it's everything square. We apologize. I sent them this, that, and the other. She said, Bobby jumped out. What you sending another man something for my wife for? And Robin said she just looked at him like waiting for Whitney to be, you know, say something. And he just kept barking at her. And he's, and Robin said she turned to Whitney and was like, you know, I do, I keep this whole shit together. I do everything you want me to do. You asked me to do this for this man. And now he show up and you just gonna let him talk to me like this. Fuck this. I quit and walked out. And she says that when she walked out, people told her later that Whitney said she ain't going no fucking where. But that was it. She said Robin quit. She said she quit. She left the tour. She went home. And, um, you know, she just didn't hear enough from Whitney, didn't hear enough from Whitney. And then um, she said Whitney called her, or she called Whitney, I can't remember. And, and they were like, all right, we, you know, we need to talk. She was like, we just need to talk. And Whitney was like, fine. She said then, you know, she said she was going to call her Tuesday. And she didn't call her. Then it was the next day. And they didn't call her and call her. And she said, finally, she, she got a call from somebody else who said, Whitney said, tell her I accept her resignation. So that she, Robin said that's how it went down. It didn't go down all dramatic like them lying ass people in the movie said and but even after that Whitney was you know so then she's right it's about Robin's story so Robin tells about her story like how she met her wife there there how they built their relationship and all of that and she said that you know eventually they ended up buying a house in uh Jersey they were gonna buy it on, on the Pennsylvania side but they found some like farmhouse in Jersey adopted kids blah 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 she's going through her whole life and then she says that um you know but Whitney would call her and leave messages on the voicemail sometimes, and she was like, like, she called her, you know, a couple times on her birthday, and she was, you know, left her a message, like, yeah, you know, you know who this is, what are you, old as fuck, okay, give me a call, if you don't know the number, I don't know it either, and she would just leave little messages like that, and, um, and she said, she, so she said, you know, and I saw, you know, as the tabloids started hitting Whitney when she came out to present Michael Jackson with the, um, you know, the ward looked all skinny, she was like, I saw that, she said that, um, what was the song on Heartbreak Hotel? She wanted Michael to do one. Michael Jackson do one of the songs with her. He didn't do it, which which hurt her. Um, but she did it herself, and she was like, and that I think My Love Is Your Love is one of Whitney's best albums. She was like, that was it. Like Michael Tur- I think it was um, it wasn't Heartbreak Hotel. It was Love Will Save the Day. No, what was it? That's an old ass song. I forgot one of the songs. But when you hear, I'm a, I'm gonna think of the song, and then you're gonna be like, oh yeah, Michael would have sound great on that. Um. And, but she's like, okay, she don't want to do it fine. She said, Whitney rolled in the studio that day, put her glasses on, and, you know, made that album. That's one of her best albums. Um, but she said that, um, you know, she she would, so, she said, you know, she would see, she saw when she came out looking real thin, and she was like, I don't know who would allow Whitney to go on stage like that, but she looked a mess. She was like, but, you know, that's what they did. They would just drag her up and put her out there because she had to get that money because they had to support them. She was like, they just, you know, just didn't care for her at all. 
didn't take care of her at all. They just dragged her out there. That she was like, why she looked horrible? Why would they put her out there like that? Because Robin was the one that would be like, yo, no, we're not gonna have her going out there. Look, you know, the wig don't look right. No, we're not having her out there looking crazy. You know, Robin was the one. So. Um, she said she would leave messages, you know, every now and then she would leave them and she would listen to them. And she said the one, so as it started getting worse and worse and worse, you know, she starts getting more tabloid, more tabloid. Bobby kept getting locked up and all this and all of that. Um, and you can tell she's not lying because there were incidents that Whitney had, but Robin didn't have any first. So she wouldn't mention them. Like she would only say the part she knew. So, you know, the stuff about Bobby getting kidnapped and all that, everyone, she doesn't know any of that. So she wouldn't talk about that. She would only talk about what she knew. That's how you know it's parts, it's parts that, you know, happened with, with, with Whitney that, she didn't talk about it. like the incident where she found out that John was going to break her leg. She said she went to Whitney and you know, everybody's trying to talk to her. Oh, and she was like, nah, I ain't talking to me. She said she walked right into Whitney's office threw the paper on her desk. Like what, what the fuck is this? And she said, Whitney looked at the headlines and was like, you know, sighed and was like, Robin, I don't know, but I will take care of it. Nothing going to happen to you. And she said she did. She went in. She was like, she don't know what she said to John, but she took care of it. Um, and, um, you know, so she was like, she came one time, and she said, this is, she said, so when she saw Whitney at the Michael Jackson thing all skinny, she called a psychiatrist or psych, whatever, a doctor that, you know, Whitney had talked to a couple times a few years before, and, um, you know, asked him what she could do. Do you remember me? She's like, do you remember me? I came to see you with a real, you know, high-profile celebrity, um, a few years back, and he and she said that the guy was like, it took him 30 seconds to be like, yes, I do remember you, and he knew instantly what she was talking about, because Whitney was at this time, like, all in the tabloids, like, a, with the drugs and stuff, even the picture that um, Kanye West put on the front of that album, so, um, you know, she said, she asked him what she could do, and she was like, she, she was trying to help trying to think of how she could help Whitney, but, you know, being out of the circle, like, you know, she couldn't, she couldn't just go knock on her door, because, you know, she just couldn't, but she was trying to think of a way, surreptitiously, that she could help Whitney, because she knew that Whitney was calling, leaving her these messages, so she was like, okay, she's clearly trying to reach out to me, and not like she would be like, help me, but she was like, she's clearly still trying to reach out to me, because she's leaving, vo- like, who leaves voicemails, you know what I mean, so she would leave, vo- and she would never introduce herself, you would, but she would always know who it was, and so she was like, alright, I need to try to help her, I just don't know, you know, what to do, and so, she said, but one time, one message, she, she, she saw the message, and she heard the voice, like, she saw it was Whitney, she said, but her tone was totally different, it wasn't that, like, she was like, it was an old Whitney, like, she hold that, that old tone, but she said she pressed the delete button by mistake and didn't and, and, and deleted the message. And she was like, I know, I don't know what that message was to this day, but it was a totally different tone. And and um you know, and then later she heard from the doctor, the doctor that she talked to, that Whitney had called the doctor one day out of blue and was like, Doctor, can you can you come get me? Can you please come get me? And the doctor was like, I can't, it doesn't work like that. You have to whatever he told her. And so then and so I, she was like, I, I kind of thought that maybe she had called Robin too, like, can you come get me? But Robin deleted the message, but I don't know. But I, I know that probably bothers her to this day. Like, I, I hope that that wasn't a come get me message, right? Because she, she would have. But she said she'd never know, and she didn't call back again. And then she goes into, you know, when she found out Whitney passed, and she talks about the funeral. And um, 
apparently, you know, Bobby Brown version of the funeral getting kicked out is accurate. That's the thing. Like, she didn't have a vendetta against her. Because she was like, yeah, I thought when she, she said when she got there, they had these seats roped off for the family. And so Robin wanted to sit there and they was telling her that she can't sit there for the family. But Robin was like, okay, well, I, when I'm sitting here. Like, y'all want somebody to move me? Come tell me, you know, come tell me to move. She said when Bobby came in, he came in with nine people and he tried to sit there and it was the same thing. She said, but Bobby just like didn't want to, she was like, I don't know why he was very passive. He didn't want to argue. He just got up and she said she wanted to go to Bobby. She saw Bobby in the back of the church and she said she wanted to get up and go tell him, Bobby, yo, just sit there. Like, don't let them move you. Just sit there. She was like, but you know, there I was again trying to fix the situation for wit. And she was like, but you know, I just, I did, I didn't say anything to him. I, I just didn't. I don't know why I didn't. I just didn't like, you know, it was, you know, Whitney was gone. It was nothing to fix for her anymore. And I just, you know, she's, but she did say, you know, I don't know why he just got up, why he gave up so easily, basically, and just left. So, you know, but, but his version of what happened, I always said, you know, I just thought it was disrespectful. I was just like, look, whatever, just stay there. I, I mean, kind of what she said. I ain't, you know, just stay there. Like, it should, just like, stay there to pay her respects. Fuck them people. Pay respects to her. Um, but she did say that, that that's how it went down. They were very rude. It's not like, you know, not like Bobby came in there, you know, being Bobby. He was like really just came to sit in the pews. And they was just like, well, you can't sit there. That's for family. And it's like, uh, okay. You know, like, all right. I guess I'm not fair. You know, he just got up. Um, yeah, so it's, look. If you're a fan of Whitney Houston, if you're not a fan, I mean, Whitney Houston had a lot of fans. Everybody got jokes, but Whitney Houston had a lot of fans. She ain't sell all them records to nobody. Um, And if you really want to hit, like this, I hope that this book can get option for something. Because it is the biography, the, the story of Whitney Houston that we have all been wanting. I Cannot Be Me was pretty good. It got close, but it doesn't have the, it's an outsider looking in. That one I said that her family did, it was a complete lies and trash. Um according to this book which I have no reason to doubt but this one this is it it was it was told it was told from somebody that clearly was in love with this woman and you know just was her protector and her and her confidant and her cheerleader and just was in awe of her and and just in you know just from the day they met just was just was there for her and she tells Whitney's story and gives her the dignity and respect that she has always deserved she talks about her problems she talks about her issues but in context because you know people just want to make all have all the crack jokes and bust Whitney down and you know she said that really bothered her those digs at her really bad I mean of course they're gonna bother her and she also said that that last tour another thing she was like you know why would they send the tour she was on when she passed why would they have her out she was like because again she said when I saw her on the TV I knew that she did not look well and she said that you know apparently because if she didn't go on this tour her and Bobby Christina would have been out on the streets because they had stolen all her money um and so she had to go out on this tour um but it's it's just I got the audio book cause you know I just you know I listen to it at work or whatever if you don't want to do the audio book read it the audio book goes very well Robin narrates it um you know at a good pace um and you know it's her voice so it's you know something different when you hear the actual person's voice telling it but I, I would I highly recommend it like it's I think I feel like she did that as a labor of love for Whitney. I feel like she did that because, you know, 
everybody else is telling their story and it's not the truth and so you know i'm gonna redeem my friend and tell the truth about you know what her life was and the kind of person she was how generous and giving she was you know and just you know how, what drove her to to her grave and it's it's I mean, I feel like Whitney can rest in peace now. You know, I feel like if she wasn't resting in peace, and she doesn't, that's the part I was wanting her to say, but she doesn't mention that at all. She doesn't mention, like, you know, whether, you know, she felt compelled that Whitney maybe, you know, she just, but she just says, she just tells a story. And it's beautifully told. It is straight from the heart. It doesn't pull any punches. You never get the impression that she is trying to, Shade or malign or or get or get back. That's what it is. Get she would have every right to do. These people treated her terribly. These people treated her terribly, and she would have every right to take shots, but she doesn't. She just tells the truth, and it matches and and it matches what she's you know what we know. Um, and she even tells you know the part that I really like and that we don't get from any of those. She tells about Whitney's gift and her talent, how she prepared for shows, how she sang shows, how she put her music together, how she you know how she how, how her artistry. Everybody talks about Whitney's voice, but I don't think they realize that that was she, Whitney was she the reason why nobody can do that is because she was so technically excellent. She had sang background for so long and grew up around all the best that she would she would take bits and pieces of everybody and, and make it perfect. So Whitney never oversang because she knew, okay, I'm going to cut the note here. And and they talked about her and Ricky Meyer going through the, the um, Star Spangled Banner, how she told him how she wanted it to rise here and extend there. And I wanted to, you know, when she hits that free note that everybody tries, how she held it for just the right amount of time. She extended it just a little bit and then stopped. And, um... You know, that's a really good story Robin tells that because she says when she starts singing from that first note, oh, she said the crowd got silent because everybody was like, oh, what's this about to be, right? And then and then she said by the time she hits that free, everybody in that stadium was on their feet and, and, wait, and we see, you know, waving and waving the flags and everything. And she was like, and when Whitney stepped off, she was like, hey, not too bad, huh? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's the part that you really enjoy. Like, she really, she was really there and she explains, you know, Whitney's, just even from the beginning when they were young kids, she was talking about how she would you know, her she was just so gifted and so talented it wasn't just about her singing, it was everything that went into that, right? Um, yeah, so uh, you know, it's 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 a great book, I highly recommend it um, yeah, so I told y'all on the first part it's gonna be the hot, you know, the gay episode. I had I had talked about it a lot more on the original recording, but I lost it and I can't really recall. It probably was about Trump. Um, you know, the impeachments have gone on. Um, I I'm gonna be honest with y'all, as as much as I was like, let's get it going, now it's gone I haven't watched. I, I because like I already know. I already know, I already know that this motherfucker like we know. We never, like, for, it was I, it just, it was never secret what was going on. So I haven't been watching. I get the little clips and tapes, um, little snippets and stuff. Um, but I will say this, and I've continued to say this. I do think he'll be removed. Everybody's like, he's dead on the Senate. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think so. It, it, it doesn't matter either way, because like I said, if you get all the information out there and you and you show what was done and you give it to the public, at least we have the information. If he gets reelected, well, look, he got you got the information. Everybody's fucking stupid, clearly, but the information was out there. It's not we're going to keep this back and not tell it and see what happens. And now, oh shit, we elected Trump. Like, put 
the information out there, send it to the Senate, let the Senate sit and justify not impeaching this man with all these people, career government people coming up and saying all these crimes that he's committed. Let hang that around their neck like an albatross and sink them to the bottom. But I honestly, I don't think, I think he's going to be removed because I think at some point, not the sickle pants and not the, you know, not the, tr- and I really, I swear to God, I don't see the end game and, and right, if people are like, oh, Nikki Haley's playing the long game, so she, nobody's going to survive Trump. Anybody that was in any way associated with him, like, I don't understand how you think there's a road to go after this. There isn't none. Like, like he, like, it's, you, your name is mud from here on, like, you sided with the Nazis. There's no life after the Nazi. Like, oh, after the Nazi party, he's going to, like, that doesn't happen. I don't understand, but at some point, these Republicans who are serious, who have long careers, they're Republicans, yes, but they're not all these conservative, right-wing, evangelical, just regular-ass Republican, regular-ass white people from places, regular-ass white places, you know, Phoenix, you know, I don't know, Montana, wherever, these places, you know, Massachusetts, wherever, regular Republicans come from, at some point, you can't if you're a serious person and serious about your reputation, you want to have a reputation and not be a fucking laughing stock again, who sided with the Nazis at some point you have to say, okay, this is enough. You know, this is, this is clearly what it is. It's clearly against the constitution. I cannot in good conscience stand up and call myself, you know, a patriot and you know, the Republicans are always American party and patriots and all this. And you not, and you gonna let this guy who sold us out to who's a Russian asset fucking just act like that shit is not illegal like I just don't see it at some points maybe not you know enough and and it only takes one we listen these people are not cow they're not you know they're not profiles and courage they're, because it doesn't it shouldn't take all this it's already at that point so we're not talking about very brave people but very brave people cowardly people they don't want to stick stick their head up but once other people start stick, they, what do they do they follow the crowd so it's going to be one and then two and it'll be avalanche with, oh well he's doing so I can do it now so it's safe you know that, and, 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 and then I think that's what's going to happen and, and I think it'll be enough maybe not a landslide but just enough like I think he'll be removed and I don't know if he'll be reelected. I would hope we could get our shit together but it don't look like it um but we'll see. It's a long race, and um, you know, I think, I think again, I think some Duval Patrick into race. I don't know why Bloomberg into the race. I don't know why. Um, you know, I I've, I've heard there's been little squeaks and squawks that Kamala's ground game in some of these other states is being severely underestimated, and I think uh, rumors of her demise are 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 way over um way overestimated um somebody just posted an article today about how they say her campaign is in disarray and they were like oh this around the same time they said the exact when 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 obama was was behind uh hillary by 20 points they said the exact same thing he was in disarray he was laying off staffers blah 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 so you know um we'll see um i told you i don't think warren is gonna because you know, that billionaire, so all that fucking, talk, I told you, it's not a campaign, it's talking points, it's it's a bunch of bullshit with no substance underneath, and, and you know, once you get out of these fucking democratic primaries in these super liberal states with all these fucking white people, you're gonna see that the rest of us is just like, mm, sis, that sounds good, but we, we you know, we, nobody's really, all this socialism and down with capitalism and all this you talking, it's just like, it's just not possible, and even if you do win, you're not gonna be able to pass it, so, mm. 
you know, and like Obama said, they jumped on Obama, and I jump on him too, because I still think he scold too much, but I, when I actually read the article and gave context to what he said, I actually agree with him, what he basically said was, he was like, look, all these left wings on Twitter, and these super activists, yeah, I use them, and they power me to, you know, but the, 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 the game that I used in 20, 2008, you can't use it in 2019, you gotta do a little bit different, he was like, I appreciate all that, he was like, but the reality is, a lot of this stuff that, the, that y'all are yelling about, it doesn't resonate with, with everyday voters, like, you know, most people ain't looking to tear the system down and start it over, and we want revolution, all the shit y'all not gonna do anyway, but I'm just saying, he's like, average people ain't really trying to do all that, you know what I mean, they're just trying to get Trump out of here, and get back to, you know, some semblance of normal, so, and I agree with him, and that's what I keep saying, like, I don't see it for more, she, I don't see it for her in the general election, like, I'm sorry, like, you know, y'all getting y'all, that's why I, I you know, I try to follow different people on Twitter because you get into your little echo chambers and you think everybody is there for this p- privilege and patriot and the patriarchy. We under capital. I've got capitalism muted on my tweet. On my because I'm tired of hearing that stupid shit. Like, get the fuck. Shut up, y'all. Don't know you not. You don't know any other system of cap. The whole world runs on money. I don't care if they they have their health care for everybody. I don't mean it's not a capitalist society. There's no society except for North Korea that is not a capitalist society. Everything runs on money. Shut up. Like, you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, that should sound good in your college lecture class, but out in the world this doesn't work like that um yeah, so um said all that to say sorry, like I had more to talk about, but I had to re-record, I will say the end of the fight, in the little NFL fight between the Browns and the Steelers, look the shit was funny to me, can you swing your helmet and hit a guy of course not, of course not, but I can't stand, yo, this society, we are determined to make sure the bitches inherit the earth because the, 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 the hand ringing and oh my god, it's like this man, this is what I'm saying about y'all ruining sports, it's sports it's athletic you fight sometimes, your energy is up, you got this braggadocio it's a contest, sometimes y'all fight it's like, it's it's not that big a deal, it's not a federal, they're talking about assault charge, like, uh, listen, can you, sw- of course not, of course he was going to get suspended, of course he was going to get fined, because he swung a helmet, you can't really do that, and yeah, I mean, he could have really hurt dude, but like, dude started the fight, dude wrote a, uh, uh, Drew let his mouth write a check, his ass couldn't catch, he tried to pull, he tried to rip dude's helmet, first of all, first of all, the hit, which was arguably late, he got there at the exact time he released the, f- the football, but fine, if you want to call it late, fine, but it's not like he drove him to the ground, he didn't slam him to the ground, he tackled him the way he's supposed to, he ran into him, he didn't leave helmet first, he kept his legs moving, and when he pulled him down, he didn't slam him down, he rolled him over, it's like it was nothing. It was nothing wrong with the way he tackled him. From that, he trying to pull his helmet off. He was like, "Oh, okay, you want to pull the helmet off? All right, I'm got yours, and I'm about to bop you with it." <laughs> yeah, I'm saying like, and he got hit with it. Now you, now you down to the police station trying to call law because you started some shit, right? Um, I don't, have, you know. Of course, he was going. He's suspended indefinitely. Of course, he's going to find. Look, the fine was going to be big, of course, but the fact that the dude that started it, nothing happened to him. That's Trump America. That's Mag America. These fucking white people that come out their mouth, they can say whatever the fuck they want to say. They can call you nigger and the Popeyes. But when you take and slam their brittle bone ass down to the ground, now you wrong. Now, oh my God, you really have to, you really have to uh, slam somebody down for calling you nigger. The question is, as some Twitter tweeter on on the bird said, the question is, do you really need to be talking shit and calling people niggers knowing you got brittle bones? Because that's you know, listen, I keep saying these a lot of people they come y'all come out your mouth real slick at people like y'all think. Nobody gonna nothing gonna happen to you, and you can file charges and all that, but your ass be still gonna be up in traction, and I, you know, whatever, I'll take the charge. So, you know, 
I just thought I just thought I thought it was funny because I thought you know I of course. Do. All right, guys. Not sure what's going on here, um, but here his. Sorry for the delay. Here's the episode. I'm this computer. I don't know. I might gotta take it. Something's fucking the rushes to hack my shit. I don't know what's going on, but I don't want to lose this. Also, so anyway, it's, thanks for asking. Sorry for the delay. Next week we'll be back. You know time as usual but i just want to get this out to y'all thanks for listening tell your friends uh yeah and i'm on all the podcasts you know apps all right see you peace